welcome to episode 8 of Unlearning. I'm your host, Abdullah Natakai, and I hope everyone is having a good week. Um, my week has been a bit crazy. Not crazy, actually. It's been calm, but there's been a lot of snow um, in Dundee, so it's been difficult getting to work. It's really pretty to look at, but it's not really practical to drive in or walk in. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I'm going to just hop right into, or rather dive right into the episode, whatever I prefer. So let's start with shout out. So first shout out is to my brother Joseph. Um, his stage name is Texley. And again, anyone I mention um, or anything I mention will be put in the description box for this episode. But he got um, a article, news article published about him in Punch um, on Sunday, I believe. And um, Punch is a popular Nigerian newspaper. And it was just about like his music and how he's like balancing being at uni because I think he's in third year now. So how he's balancing uni work and like music. Um, and I thought it was really interesting it was like another side of my brother that I haven't like seen before or read about before I guess um, and he talked about like stuff that he did when he was in his first year of secondary school <laughs> and I thought it was so funny because I had completely forgotten that those things had happened um, but yeah if you're interested go read the news article anything I mention or anyone I mention will be in the description box for this episode um, anyway, moving on to so the next shout out is to Pan African. Shout out is um, to Pan African on Instagram. Um, I was struggling earlier to figure out like what to describe him as, but according to him, I'm reading his bio. <laughs> He's a young man who wants to see his people and Africa flourish. So that's down and I I think that's a really accurate description um you can also follow him on sola underscore art um on instagram as well he has like a nice art page um where he posts his work and I really liked his new um painting it's like of a black woman and she's like resting her head on her arm and there's like butterflies and it's really nice because I'm watching this weird Netflix movie. I'm t- I feel like I'm just going to keep on digressing this episode, but it's fine. I've, I've stopped and started recording too many times. But yeah, I'm watching this um, series on Netflix called Hidden City, and it has a black mermaid, and it also has a witch that like kind of travels around as a butterfly. So I just, I don't know how I link those together, but anyway, <laughs> I, I digress, like I said. Um, my last shout out. Um, goes to Malance. Um, she is again. She's like a businesswoman slash activist on um, Instagram. She has a really popular um, TED talk, which I'll try to find and link in the description. Um, and yeah, I just think she's she's amazing. But yeah, let's move into the topics for today's episode. So the first thing I want to talk about is the whole mess with the GPHC. Um, if you didn't listen to the episode where 
Dara and I basically ranted about like the world of pharmacy. I can't remember what episode that was. That's really bad. <laughs> I should. But um, the GPHC is the governing body for pharmacy in the UK. So they are the General Pharmaceutical Council. And they are responsible for examining us. And when you pass the exam, you become a registered pharmacist in the UK and you can practice. Um, but yeah, they cancelled the exams for 60 candidates who are sitting in March um, because they all live, live overseas and their justification is that because they live in different time zones they don't want them to have access to the exams um, to the questions and then share it with other candidates um, which is fair but then cancelling it 60 days so that that's technically two months before the exam is not really enough time for them to start figuring out how they're going to get their visas if you don't have visas already get their plane tickets and then come um, and it's an online exam so it's kind of silly having to especially if you're coming from a red zone to get a visa buy a ticket get into the uk self-isolate and then go sit an online exam like i just feel like it's pointless and it's more painful because these and um, like the cohorts like the people who are sitting in march um if you're panicking i'm not part of them my exam is in june <laughs> not that any of you can <laughs> but yeah the guys sitting in march are a different cohort so these are the guys who are meant to write their exam last year but because of covid and everything it didn't happen um but it's painful because they've been practicing as pharmacists so like i said you have to write the exam to become registered to practice on pharmacists but because they didn't get the exam and i hope i'm not confusing people but <laughs> because they couldn't write the exam last year they were put on the register as like temp not temporary pharmacists but kind of temporary pharmacists and they have been working and practicing as pharmacists for five months if not longer and now they have to write this freaking exam so if they fail i just feel like that would be more painful when you've already like experience what it would be like to practice as a pharmacist and then you write this stupid exam and they tell you oh sorry you're not good enough when you've been working safely for over five months yeah that's that's just my rant and the final thing i'm going to talk about about the gpsc is every year they bring out this stupid predicted percentage of the people of the amount of people they think will pass and again their justification for it is budgeting because apparently it has something to do with like i don't know i honestly don't know because we pay for the exam and we pay to get registered so i don't know why their justification is funding but anyway they've predicted this year that 60 percent only 60 percent of the people sitting in march are going to pass and i'm just like first of all why do you guys do this anyway like why do you publish this it's not helpful especially for someone like me who has proper anxiety getting close to like exam days and stuff like i don't see the shit <sighs> yeah yeah i feel like i had a proper run there but i honestly feel better i mean this is why i put this as a personal journal so yeah um and again before sorry i know i said i was done but they also haven't refunded 60 candidates that the exams have been cancelled so they paid for the exam so you might as well give them their money back if they're not going to freaking set it i don't i hope they sort it out and i hope they get to sit their exams next month because it's really not fair to have waited this long and then them telling you sorry you can't sit it they basically waited almost over a year it's absolutely ridiculous 
Um, but yeah, moving to the next talk. So, um, in the last episode, Dara and I spoke about basically how black women live in our head. Well, my head rent free. He said they live on the top floor of his head. I don't know. Apparently, his head is like an apartment building. I don't know. <laughs> don't ask me. Um, but yeah, after we finished that episode, we actually continued talking and we started talking about colorism. But we really just wanted to eat our cake and go to bed because it was quite late. So, I said I was going to talk about it in this episode. So I'm just going to talk about um, featureism, which is another, I guess it's another term under racism that I think is interesting and is also linked to colorism. So the more Eurocentric features you have, like in terms of like, like a, a, a slim nose, I guess, like I, I don't really know. I'm not sure. I always feel like I don't have the range to discuss these topics, but the more Eurocentric features you have, um, as a dark-skinned person or as a black person, the more acceptable you are to society or the more people deem you attractive. Um, and the same goes with colorism. The lighter you are, the more like white-passing, if that's the term, you are, um, the more attractive and acceptable you are to people. Um, so I, th- I just thought I would talk about my early memories of colorism, which was basically... I thought people telling me, oh, I wish I was as light as you, and me being confused, like, why? <laughs> like, it's not that deep. Um, or, like, realizing what bleaching cream actually did to your skin for the first time. Because I remember we had um, a nanny when I was in primary school, and she um, left because she got married. She was, she was dark skin. She was, like, caramelly, yeah. And then she came back, like, to visit us just to say hi, and... I actually didn't recognize her <laughs> and I know it sounds really like far-fetched and crazy but I actually didn't um and then my mom was like well it's because you know now she's a bit lighter and stuff like that and I was like oh like I didn't realize that was what had like had changed I just thought she was genuinely a stranger um and then just becoming curious about like the whole bleaching industry like wondering why do people do this when like it doesn't really I feel like it's almost that thing of they know it's not going to give like the perfect results unless you're like really rich and you get all these like specialist stuff or like these fancy creams um, but it's, it's going to get to the point where like your knuckles don't match like the rest of your body your knee doesn't match the rest of your body or you look like yellowish or it just makes it just gives your skin this weird like tint but people will still do it even if it's cancerous even like no matter what you tell them that the cream is going to do in terms of like negative effects like they would rather just continue using it and it really used to break my heart because i was like is it really that deep like do you like is being light skin really that deep and i didn't clock it until i would say about like the end of primary school like when i started like my preteen years i would say is when i i really clocked what people call light skin privilege now it's like when i remember and i know i know this is random and you guys are probably just going to be like what (laughs) what she's saying but i remember when i was in primary five we had as our school had this weird beauty pageant that they did every every year right and you had like a bunch of stuff that you had to do 
we all had like choreography then there was like a talent portion and then there was like a, it was like a proper beauty like beauty pageant set up okay and i remember winning and being like and again it could just be my whole situation of imposter syndrome but i genuinely felt like my friend who like trained with me and taught me all the steps and taught me how to catwalk and everything i felt like she was more deserving of the spots of the crown in quotes but she was dark skinned and i i remember that was the first time i was like hmm is it because you know she's not light is that why you know they didn't choose her and i feel like that was my first like proper experience of colorism obviously it didn't happen to me it happened to my friend um, but she she actually didn't care like she didn't she, she probably wasn't even thinking about that at all um yeah and then i remember when i moved here as well it's like weird because there's like colorism and there's featureism and then you now have the whole like divide between like cultures and tribes in africa and then i remember moving to the uk and realizing that people who are caribbean and people who are african like to like differentiate themselves and i was like what's that all about we're all black like <laughs> relax well you, you know i hope we find a way to just like accept ourselves and not try to find little things to nitpick about each other because it's it's such a waste of time and i'll talk about that a bit more like in the episode as we go on but um i'm just going to move to the next topic this um this is just honestly going back to my previous episode if you haven't listened to it go and give it a listen so you know what i'm talking about but um it's just this thing of how black men and and white women treat black women especially again especially dark-skinned women like almost like their bottom barrel um and i don't i know white women have their own like it's racism That, that that one is clear it's racism sometimes it's jealousy whatever but black men like i always find it so fascinating because i'm like what is your actual problem and i feel like sometimes like demonizing black women or trying to humble them or just cooning in in general from black men is their form of pick me when they (laughs) when they want to date outside their race um or when they're trying to prey on someone's like insecurities so they'd be like no but i'm not like those girls you know I'm like da 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 whatever because I don't really see why you, you would you won't want to join you know the fly side you want to join a black woman and help them fight racism and, and patriarchy because I feel like change will happen faster that way but that's just me being idealistic I guess um yeah and I feel like it's also easier to punch downwards like it's easier to just like oppress people that are already weaker than you than to actually do the work um so you guys are just copping out you guys are just taking the easy route and sooner and i, I it's, it's annoying because i say you guys and i know not a lot of black men listen to this <laughs> um but black men are taking the easy route man um, the sooner they wake up the better honestly and this takes me nicely to my next topic I joined Clubhouse on my week off in January. Um, 
and <laughs> it's funny because I was kind of I don't I wasn't really expecting anything I I was actually expecting a bit of chaos because I follow a few people on Twitter who would be tweeting about stuff going on on Clubhouse and I'm like this just sounds really like random and crazy um and I was a bit scared to be honest going in because most of the people I follow on Twitter are women and they're always complaining about how black women are always getting talked down upon on Clubhouse and that's actually not what I observed I just observed a lot of black men coming to like echo their thoughts and I've just noticed a lot of like women arguing with men and vice versa um my first night was there was a whole issue with this guy called Sideman and I think he's like he was a an on-air personality on the BBC or something yeah he was and then he quit doing the Black Lives Matter and protests last year um but it was a, a room about him being dragged for something that happened in another room that he was hosting um, because apparently they hurt like some women's feelings I don't know I'm not really sure but what was going on that day was the whole thing of there was this whole room of women talking about their experiences of like colorism and um just like basically not being treated well by by black men and then there was another room so these are the women that were in that room <laughs> i feel like i'm i'm confusing you guys but these were the women that were in the room with him and then there was another room with him in it and it was talking about how like it was almost like trying to pander to him like oh don't like don't stop advocating for us because this has happened and i'm like we don't really need him like why are you guys putting this dude on a pedestal he's not (laughs) he's not jesus like he's not going to come and save the entire black race from racism or save black women from racism like yes black men have to do the work but at the end of the day like please we need to stop arguing with men on clubhouse like <laughs> and I, I i have receipts i went on clubhouse yesterday yesterday and this morning to just like have a look at the topics that are usually on there and i don't know how the clubhouse algorithm that's the word algorithm works and i probably should do some googles after this to see how it works but i just don't like i I don't get most of the rooms that are on there. It might also be the people I'm following, but I mostly follow black women. I think I'm following like two guys. Um, but yeah, so examples of the rooms that are always on Clubhouse. Do men love fake bodies more? Do all women love it? Do all women have a price tag? Will success? <laughs> Can't speak English. Will successful women always be single? Black women versus white women. Does body count matter? Does a woman have to cook and clean to show she loves her man? And then you see like rooms called demon time with like purple devil emoji, water splash emoji, aubergine emoji, and I'm like, get the fuck. Um, <laughs> and then there's like, um, the last one I have is why men can't take rejection without being disrespectful. I'm like, because they have the egos of like freaking children and they were raised well They're like that's that, that basically will sum up whatever answers they're looking for in that room but yeah like and i hope i'm not coming off as like a dick i i, I really am not trying to 
but I feel like we could be having and there are like productive conversations that go on there like even just like calm fun funny conversations or rooms whatever I want to call them that go on on clubhouse um but like majority of the time especially on such on friday saturday sunday night mostly friday and saturday night like the rooms on there i'm just like what is going on um <laughs> and i guess it's really difficult to moderate a room um i feel like sometimes you could start a room with good intentions and then it can just go like sideways but yeah i just think um that there are just other things we can talk about um and Trigger warning, the next topic I'm going into, which is just like a segue from what I'm talking about right now, um, is going to kind of touch on sexual abuse. So if you don't want to listen, just, it's okay if you actually leave just now, um, or you can skip 10 minutes <laughs> if this episode even lasts another 10 minutes. But yeah, on to the next topic. So, um, moving, kind of linking it to the last topic, like, there are other things we can be talking about, not only on Clubhouse, like, on Twitter, on Instagram, like, on social media platforms with your friends and your families, like, bring up these conversations. So, a woman is killed every three hours in South Africa. So, this was a video, this was the title of a video I watched, um, it was posted by Warif, Nigeria. So, I'm just quickly going to pull up what what their name stands for so that's women at risk international foundation and they are one of nigerians foremost anti-sexual gender-based violence organization um so yeah they posted this video by vice about femicides um happening in south africa and i thought it was very interesting because it was about two women um and they um went out together like to party one of the the girls was a mom um, she lived with her own mother and her daughter and then the other girl was just um, I think she was a, yeah she, she had just graduated from uni um, but they, they were missing they couldn't find them and then I think a couple of days later they found their dead bodies um, in another city um, and then apparently it was the cab drivers that drove them that you know killed them and I feel like I'm getting really triggered but I'm going to try and be articulate and they arrested them and took them to prison and everything but then they got released because apparently there wasn't enough evidence to persecute them but they're like they found their belongings with them so they found their phones with them they found lipstick in their car they they found blood in in their taxi and I'm like what what more evidence do you actually want um and i remember one of the girls in the video talking about so she's the elder sister of one of the girls like the uni graduate and she was talking about how um it's actually the justice system so it's the police like you find that sometimes even policemen that are committing these crimes and it was just really heartbreaking like just seeing them cry and just like seeing their grandma like one of the girls like grandma talking about how like she dreams about her and she wants justice for her and honestly i'm just going to read um some quotes i have from moments you guys know how i like to read stuff on here but i feel like sometimes things 
have just already been put so articulately like what's the point so it says violence against women ex- is expressed in many forms it is the expression of a man's weakness it's his expression of weakness in the form of physical economical or, so- or social power that society is judiciary systems and institutions so in brackets for religions governments universities companies banks grant him sex trafficking remains the most lucrative crime in the 21st century so sex trafficking generates 150 billion dollars every year and we know there's a lot more that goes unaccounted for um and i actually watched another documentary by bbc about how um sex sex workers in Sierra Leone get like brutalized and it's it's crazy because after the men rape them and beat them up they rob them and i'm like you're fucking kidding me but this is happening and i feel like we should be having conversations about this to be honest like let's just leave black men alone let them figure their shit out because honestly i feel like black women have fought for them long enough and we've pleaded with them and tried to reason with them long enough that just leave them you know like if you have the strength and you want to educate like go on sis go on but me as for me and my household i'm tired i'm just going to face black women and try to see what i can actually do because i feel like there's there's no point going around in circles and having conversations that have been had a hundred times over obviously conversations about like racism discrimination things like this will always come full circle because there's always work that needs to be done it's not going to end in one person's generation but things like the clubhouse titles i just read like come on come on um anyway i was actually reading malance's quotes from instagram this was like last year at the beginning of lockdown she posted these um but she said if men came begging to women for jobs the last sorry the least thing you'd experience at work would be sexual harassment if men knew they'd be thrown into prisons like dogs every time they displayed the behavior of a dog because women held the economic power to pay off judges police officers lawmakers there would not be a single case of rape or, or domestic violence men rape because they can without a consequence they can beat women without a consequence again this was in 2020 and she says in 2020 women don't have equal rights in this world but women have more followers on IG editing Abigail here um, I just want to say it's not okay to sexually harass anyone especially in the workplace obviously she was just um, making an example um, and I know this might be obvious to some people but I don't want anyone to take my words out of context and also in relation to the um, sex trafficking quote I read um, I forgot to mention but the um, video I watched about the Sierra Leone sex workers they were actually trafficked against their wills obviously was against their will by men who were posing as customers to another country and held against their will for like three months um and the investigator like obviously had to help them um so he worked with amnesty and then tried to rescue them um because they were apparently like in a mining area and they were getting abused by the miners who worked there and then one of the miners helped them escape um but yeah that's just me butting in
so we have more followers on ig and less time to wait on male judges male owners of news agencies or male lawmakers to implement justice or make their voices heard we amplify our own voices and that's that on that i feel like that's the way to go like we just need to focus on ourselves <laughs> i feel like i sound like i don't know a motivational quote page on instagram but we really do to need to just focus on ourselves and yeah like i said earlier stop arguing with black men on clubhouse and online in general um let's just leave them to it and see how it goes moving on to the last topic I was going to talk about actually before I move on to the last topic, I'm going to talk quickly about um, mortality rates for women going into childbirth in the UK. So black women are four times more likely to die in childbirth in comparison to white women in the UK. This was five times more likely in 2019, but apparently it's gone down um, since then. And Asian women are twice are two times more likely to die in childbirth in comparison to white women and this is I remember hearing about this in 2019 and it really worried me because it kind of brought to my attention the ta- like racism in healthcare in general because even when we are studying at uni and, and stuff we never really get cases based on black people we never get cases based on people with dark skin so for example if we're doing like a topic on skin conditions we would get a picture of someone who was white and obviously um this will like translate differently on a black person even till now like till this day <laughs> sorry to this day really like when i have my clinical study days because like, again i'm still training when i have my clinical study days all of our case studies are white and you can't tell me that it's only white people that live in this country um obviously if you work in like remote and rural areas like i do you most of your your patient groups will be white but um i i, I don't see why there's that gap in in our knowledge why you know um educators or whatever you call them train trainers haven't kind of gotten to that point where they are supp- they are they are putting things in place to make sure black people aren't left out because again i was reading something by a midwife on twitter and she was talking about how when they are being taught about um when to escalate things in terms of pregnant women so when to like be like oh she doesn't look well it's like they tell them oh if she looks um if she looks pale if she if she loses color like those type of terms but like you would not that won't come up on a black woman because like we especially if you're dark skin like you are properly melanated if you look pale in quotes like <laughs> it won't really make that much of a difference um so yeah i just thought that was really interesting but painful to hear and painful that that is still happening i i don't know how else we're going to solve it besides just properly educating people in, the, in like the medical world like we just have to be properly educated we just have to update all our resources and basically just update our knowledge i mean as a healthcare professional it is your responsibility to any healthcare professional listening to this it's your responsibility to be 
as knowledgeable as you can be um and to kind of go out and seek this knowledge for yourself if you're just hearing about this or this is just coming to your mind just now like as i mentioned it's your responsibility to go out and find resources um to fill the gap in your knowledge don't wait for these people to educate you because at the end of the day people's lives are in your hands and i feel like i've just gone on a tangent there but that's really important i think there's this um, um medical student who published a book called mind gap i hope i got it right i'll try to find it but i think it was about like skin conditions and some medical conditions that look different on on dark darker skin people i'll try to find it and if i do i will um link it in the description box for the episode or Nigerian government again <laughs> getting another lovely shout out from me. I'm joking. I'm, um, you guys know I'm joking. Um, but it's about the cryptocurrency ban in Nigeria, and um, I have screenshots again <laughs> from um, Pan African because I I I resonate with what he says on on Instagram. Or, like I love his stories. By the way, like if you're interested in um, like just Afghan arts and like history follow him and watch his like you know what i don't know it's, i don't know instagram terminology but um story highlights is that it where you can watch like old stories he has all of them saved on different topics um so if you're interested follow him and watch his stories but anyway going back to what i was talking about I saw this tweet on Pan-African's Instagram stories and it says it looks like the success of young people is a threat to the Nigerian state. Several government policies damage businesses and create unemployment. Um, yeah, it's just like the guy said, it's really very unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then another tweet says the Nigerian government tries so much to frustrate its citizens from the ban of Goda Gokada, I guess that's a service to forcing citizens to go out and register for NIN in the middle of a pandemic. I thought that was absolutely ridiculous, forcing people to go into crowded places when there's COVID. But yeah, um, and if they didn't register for the NIN, they, there was a risk of getting disconnected from their um, network provider. Um, and now flagging cryptos like big bitcoins as illegal. And the person was like, I honestly don't tire. Like, guy, yeah, I'm tired too. I'm tired too. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just sad. Like, and again, he he talked about, and I'm still speaking about Pan African, how we sh- we sh- really should stop giving them the benefits of doubts. Like, they are doing all of this intentionally. Like, they there's nothing wrong with crypto. They just, and his theory again, I completely agree with is. Because of what happened last time with the NSAGE protests and how how it was just so easy to mobilize funds because of things like cryptocurrency and bitcoins, um, they just don't want that to happen again. So this is like their precautionary, this is their measure. The same thing as just just like slowly trying to implement that social media ban. I mean they, they not the Nigerian government, they do what they want. They don't really care about the citizens. So if they if they wanted to do that a whim on a whim, sorry. However, if they wanted to do that, they would actually just implement it and be like, we don't care, like, you don't get a choice. 
um but yeah sorry for the inconvenience to nigerian government you think you can continue to frustrate us um yeah i want i I've, i want them to listen to army arrangements by filler because that's how i feel right now and if you don't know that song go and listen to it <laughs> and let me know what you think about it um but yeah um sorry for the inconvenience to them if they think they can keep on oppressing us we can see we can see what you guys are doing it's not and and again it's, it probably won't happen in my generation but it's not going to continue forever like their time is coming the clock is ticking um sorry for the inconvenience to healthcare workers who don't want to go out and seek, seek the knowledge of themselves who are putting people's lives at risk and not being interested in further education education i don't get healthcare workers especially those who are well experienced in profession who are in quotes stuck in their ways like you just decide not to continue refreshing your knowledge you just decide you don't want to take on anything new when healthcare like the world of healthcare is continuously evolving like please get your head out of your ass like please cuz people's lives depend on it um sorry for the inconvenience to black men who who just you, you feel like it's okay to continue cooning and putting down black women and abusing black women honestly i am literally dreaming of the day when we decide that we are not having those conversations with you guys anymore we just want to do our own shit i know it's going to be hard and again it's probably not something that's going to happen in my time but you'd be surprised you'd be surprised what can happen i honestly just want god to just give me money so i can actually do all the stuff that's in my head when it comes to what i want to do for black women because black men don't seem like they're ready to do it so we need to do it for ourselves sorry for the inconvenience as well to gpc i don't know what you guys are playing at and i know there are a lot of things going on in terms of everyone is blaming everything on covid in it um but i pray and i hope honestly that every single day call they are called pro regis so people who haven't been put on the, on the register but have been practicing for over 5 months as pharmacists um they are called pro regis and i pray that every single one of the pro regis who sit the exam in may and again this is just a prayer but i hope that they all pass because it's really not been beans i feel like training as a pharmacist in the, in these covid times in these covid streets even trying to be a student in these covid streets trying to learn period who it's just it's it's crazy it's it's really hard and i can't imagine what they're going through trying to prepare for the exam with all this all these negativities <laughs> negativities <laughs> if you're a pro reg and you're listening to this like my heart goes out to you my prayers are with you like i pray you pass and i pray you just have like clarity of mind going into the exam oh and before i forget happy black history month guys i mean you guys already know that's why i be living every month it's black history month for me okay i'm joking but yeah happy black history month before i forget and thank you if you've been listening if you're still listening thank you so much um i hope you enjoyed the episode i hope you are having a good day whatever time you're listening to this and i'm just going to end the podcast here i'll catch you guys in the next episode bye